What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, September 30th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 227. That's right, 227, like the sitcom. Uh, I have a great show for you guys today. Um, so many cool things to talk about. This is actually take two. I'm doing this from my hotel room in Toronto, and... Uh, when I first was doing it, I was like, let me turn the air conditioning system off because it's loud. So I turn the air conditioning system off, and I'm like, all right, why do I still hear something? And it was because the window was open, and all the air conditioning systems on top of the building next to us were running, so I had to close the window. So here we are. I think it's nice and quiet. I don't think it sounds like a fucking airport anymore. So uh, I hope everybody had a great week in between. Uh, mine has been absolutely crazy. Uh, as you know, this is the second one where I'm still away from home because I was in Texas on the last one. Amazing stuff to talk about uh, on the tour that I went on with Bill Burr, and then now me here alone in Toronto. Uh, so it's going to be a um, great show. And also, um, you know, everything that's going on with my album, I am completely shocked. I can't believe it, and I, I can't thank you guys enough, but I'm going to get into that in a minute. Let me first get to the sponsors. As always, the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Um, listen to their stories as they are on the rise up in the comedy world. I did a great interview uh, with uh, the very funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry, who runs the site, funny comic from Chicago, uh, and he's got everybody on there, people from Hannibal Burris, Doug Stanhope, to my buddy uh, Joe Matarese, I'm on there, uh, new up-and-coming comedians like, uh, you know, Chris Lambert, and just a bunch of funny people, um, so please check that, uh, check that website out, it's really good, he's always adding stuff to it. Also, uh, Brookings Mediation, if any of you guys are going through bankruptcies and uh, you need help uh, settling debt or you're going through a divorce, Brookings Mediation has been doing it uh, for almost 30 years. Uh, John Burton over at Brookings Mediation has been doing it for about almost 30 years now. And what they do is they're not lawyers. They don't give you legal advice. They just try to settle something just with a mutual party mediation, exactly what it is. And uh, they're saving people a ton of money on legal fees. And uh, just a lot of time with court dates getting postponed and, you know, judges always having the set, you know, there's always set rules and set laws with these things that people don't know about yet they're still spending a shitload of money on them. Uh, here at the Verzi Effect, I want to help you out. I think that this was a great company that I partnered with. You could go to brookingsmediation.com or you can call for a free consultation. You could call John Burton at uh, 877-415-7770. No matter where you are in the country, he will talk to you about whatever you're going through, bankruptcy, debt, divorced, and more stuff. Just talk to him and uh, see if you could save yourself a lot of money, um, you know, on uh, legal fees and, and, and most of all, which I think is more important, the time. You know, you want to knock these things out quicker and mediation gives you the opportunity to do that. So go to brookingsmediation.com or call John Burton. Again, that number is 877-415-7770. Uh, and you will uh, get a significant discount, uh, 30%, um, if you say that uh, Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect Show sent you. Now, um, I can't thank All Things Comedy enough. As you guys know, All Things Comedy is, my, um, is the home of many, many funny podcasts. And, um, you know, many, remember in, uh, <laughs> what was it, something about Mary, the rest stops are the home of the bathhouses of many, many gay men to uh, Ben Stiller. Uh, and then he went to take a piss and everybody had their pants down. Anyways, uh, something about Mary's hilarious movie. So, um, All Things Comedy is the uh, podcast network where the Verzi effect resides. You go to allthingscomedy.com, but there's so many hilarious ones. Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I mean, you just the list goes on. I mean, there's literally, I think, like over 70 podcasts, 70 comedy podcasts on All Things Comedy. They do it the best. They're all for the artist, and um, you could follow them on Twitter, uh, at All Things Comedy, but uh, they have a record label, 
And being that uh, they were so cool with, you know, having the Verzi effect on their network and stuff, I kind of was exploring labels and, you know, other places wanted big, you know, big percentages and all this stuff. And All Things Comedy Records is amazing. They are so for the artist and want the artist to make as much money as they can. And, uh, you know, we went, we edited the beat, uh, the, the beats, we edited the tracks and we um, put together something and All Things Comedy took over and they got it on iTunes for me and they got it on Bandcamp for me and we're looking for other places to be. And I, I can't thank them enough and I am so thrilled and happy and want to thank each and every one of you. I cannot thank you guys enough um, that my debut album, Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand, is number one. It is number one on the charts on iTunes um, in North America. I mean, it's it's. I can't even fucking believe it. Um so thank you. I wish I could thank each and every one of you, shake your hand and say thank you so much for supporting this. And I know you guys were waiting for it. And you guys said you were going to buy it and you did. And it's number one uh, on iTunes. You know, it's not in the top five. It's actually number one right now. And I am completely humbled and, and thankful for that. Uh, it's also in the top three to five on so many other charts right now. And I just can't believe how well the album is doing uh, basically a week a week out, so, um, yeah, man, this is all because of you guys, so as much as, uh, you know, I worked hard to get it, it wouldn't be anything if you guys weren't buying it and liking it and giving me the feedback, so, uh, fuck, man, you guys are the best, I love you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that, it's, um, it's amazing to put the hard work in and, ah, fuck, the sound's not right here in Indianapolis, and then it's not working here in Connecticut, and what the fuck am I ever going to get this thing, and then finally to get it, and then to have the product be what it is, and you guys get it, and you know, I was so crazy and nuts and compulsive with every fucking thing, and is this okay, can I say this, is this blah, 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 all these different things about like making sure it's right, and it's just doing great, so uh, I'll stop talking about it, but I'm just so thankful to you guys for buying my album, and it's number one, and then I found out in Canada Somebody was like, your album is dominating North America. It's number one in Canada. And I saw the chart, and it's number one in Canada, where I am right now at the uh, Just for Laughs uh, 42 Festival here in Toronto. So uh, overwhelmed. Thank you very much. And if you didn't buy it, that's fucked up. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, buy it. It's 10 bucks online. I will have hard copies by the uh, middle of the end of October. I'll probably have hard copies, like, where I'm selling them on the road Probably by like October fifteenth, I should have uh, I should have them, and I'll be uh, taking them on the road with me and and selling them there. So um, there you go. Night at the Stand is uh, so far, you know, knock on wood, a hit. Okay, guys, I just spent six days in Texas with Bill Burr, and now I'm five days here in Toronto, pretty much by myself. Burr was here one day. So as you guys know, we unacceptable. We went. We were in Austin, and we had that gave you that unacceptable. But in between podcasts, when I tell you, Bill Burr and I drank like we drank like two kids who just got to a big university and never really knew what partying was, and then just got introduced to being like buzzed and like guys that loved it and just lost our fucking minds. We partied like fucking animals. I'm not even kidding. It was it was so much fun. We had too much fun. And I don't want to overlap what Bill talked about on his podcast because I'm sure he talked about it. I didn't hear the whole thing. But um I you know, we were driving to everywhere. We were driving from uh, we drove from Austin to Houston to Dallas to San Antonio back to Austin. So there were like th- two, three days in a row. We were in the car for four hours, hitting some traffic. We were singing like uh, like idiots. And uh, I saw some of you guys actually made the song that we were singing into a country song. Me and Bill were basically saying country songs are kind of easy to make. And, you know, we had so much time in the car. So he was singing the America First song. <laughs> so he forgot a couple of lyrics. So for you guys, I will give <laughs> I will give you the extra lyrics. So we're in the car, like let's come up with this song. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say right now, and I said to Bill, I said I have to tell people this because not a lot of people know this about um, about you. But as great of a comedian as Bill Burr is, 
and you know he's one of my dearest friends he's a mentor he's like a brother to me he's like family to me the way he believed in me and and the way you know I you know he's got to watch me grow and I seen I've been able to you know I don't really get to work with him that much anymore I don't really open that much anymore because I'm headlining on my own but we always like to schedule some stuff together like I've said before like you know so it's kind of like you know I'm on the we're on the like the alumni tour I was like a red shirt freshman when I first started opening for him and now like I kind of graduated from that but we like to go on alumni tours <laughs> to go to sporting events and what people don't know about Bill Burr other than how funny of a comedian he is and um, first of all he's a great guy but he is so funny off stage and I have this thing where I can read people when they're thinking something or when their wheels are turning whenever I watch a thinker take something in and kind of process it, I think, and watching him do it is one of the funniest things. He is so fucking funny off stage. I cry laughing. It's just, we have such a good time, man. He's such a fucking dude. He's as funny off stage as he is on. And we're in the car, and we come up with this song, America First, right? So he, he was like, it, and the song was like, America First. Every other place is worse. Rather be in a fucking that's the part that's the part that I kept laughing at fucking hearse than to live in another country so then we were coming up with things like um, I like uh, cowboy boots and ponytails shooting fuzzy critters uh, I don't know and then I was singing this one like I like to stand in my tree no I like to uh, be in my tree stand all day long and uh, and then uh, yeah, and then I'm sure you heard the. Uh, She's been to Paris, he's been to Rome, you've been to London, but that ain't home to me. <laughs> so anyway, just imagine me and him driving through Texas singing that. So we're going up, we're going up to strangers drunk singing it. And I know we talked about that, so I don't need to go into the whole thing. How everybody ignored us and shit. You know, a couple people who listened, but we were doing it with taxi drivers. I think we we had like an Iraqi, we had like an Iraqi taxi driver. And I was hammered drunk. I was fucking hammered drunk. And I think I remember Bill leaning over and going, you want us to sing the chorus to you? You want us to sing the chorus to you? And we're just singing this, the chorus. And the funny thing is, I didn't even think about it after, but we're singing America First to an Iraqi guy who fucking, you know, probably popped confetti on 9-11. I don't know if that's true. That's, that's awful to say. But, you know, anyway, it's just funny to sing, you know, America First to an Iraqi. But um, we had such a good time, and we drank. We went to the Texas game, and we were in this box, and the box was just filled with sushi and prime rib and fish and chicken and fries and salads and fruit. and It was just the bartender with Grey Goose, and it, it was just too much. It was just too much, man. It was so over the top. I mean, we had a bottle of scotch, and we're like, let's just have a couple. Let's just get a little splash. And next thing you know, we're drinking this thing outside the Alamo. I'm taking my shirt off. This, you know, this security guard comes out with a fucking cowboy hat on. He's telling me to, you know. And then we heard, while we were getting this, like, you know, education on the Alamo, I hear uh, Everlong. Everlong playing in the background. I'm like, I think that's a live band. So then we go down by the river walk, and there's a live band, a live a cover band playing. So we had a couple of drinks there. It didn't stop. We did not compromise the shows. The shows were amazing, but we partied like it was just too much fun. And the only sad thing is, you know, we're not going to be able to do it that much longer because I'm headlining now. And so we're always going to just try to have this one time a year where we go to a couple in a sporting event. We kind of made that rule, which I'm so glad we did because now it'll never be sad that, oh, we're never going to work with each other again. It's just we get these these fun couple of, fun couple of you know, times a year. So... Uh, and then, yeah, we went to San Antonio, was the, was the last stop to Austin, to the Texas game, and then I partied real hard the last night, and I had a, uh, 6.20 a.m. flight, and it was like 5 in the morning, and by the grace of God, 
just some lucky miracle. I opened my eyes and I looked and it was five and then I started hitting snooze and I only had an hour for my flight. I'm still in my hotel room. I get there. I'm the last one to board the plane. I sleep on the fucking plane and um, I had a connector from Austin, Minnesota, Austin to Minnesota and the flight to Minnesota was fine but from Minnesota to Toronto... I was sitting next to this woman. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it was like a comedy in a movie where she was spilling over into the next. If you saw what I had to sit, it was like I had to hold my arms together so I wouldn't be rubbing her. And she had all these fucking skin tags on her neck. And she was fine. She was nice. I moved over so I didn't have to, but there was no fucking leg room. I just want to say that fuck those Delta connectors. Shame on you, Delta I hope somebody from Delta fucking hears this and talks to somebody. Okay? I don't even know what my unacceptable is. I got a couple unacceptables this week. The unacceptables I have this week is how I didn't give my body sleep or rest when I should have. Unacceptable how I just stayed out knowing I need sleep and I fucking stayed out and partied. I'm doing better now. I'll get to the Toronto thing in a second. All right? But, um, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in this seat, and, and then, I, then they say put your fucking bag on the, on the, you know, under the seat in front of you, right? I had no fucking room, and the only reason why I didn't fucking get up and scream, I'm getting claustrophobic just thinking about this shit right now. The only reason why I didn't just get up and scream was because I was so tired. I was absolutely so miserable, sick to my stomach on the flight, the first flight from Austin to Minnesota. I thought I might throw up. Luckily, it went away, and I slept it off. And then from Minnesota to Toronto, I'm, fuck, I'm like, I'm like bunched up in a corner in a ball, and I was able to kind of fall asleep, you know, on and off fall asleep. But so miserable. The people at Delta, if you sit on that connector flight, there's no fucking room. Okay, I'm five eight, and I wanted to just get up and scream and shake the fucking the 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 chair in front of me, the seat in front of me. I could not imagine if I was 6'1", 6'2", what it would be like. Not to mention, I got, you know, this fucking balloon sitting next to me, overflowing into... It was just brutal. It was absolutely fucking brutal. I hated every minute of the flight. And the first thing I do when I start making some money to the point where I could, you know, afford it, I am not... I am going first class every time. I get lucky here and there with first class sometimes... There's a lot of times where I, I'm just too tired. I say, fuck it, and I bump myself up. But I'm talking every time when it's even fucking off. 500 to $1,000 more for first class. I fucking have to do it when I get enough money to do that. And it's not irresponsible of me to do every time. Because it it's, it's unacceptable how these airplanes cram you in like sardines. And they just expect you to you know give you a good fucking review because the flight attendant's smiling. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. So the whole thing is unacceptable. The Delta seats on the connector flights and and how I abused myself. Didn't have to do it. Self-inflicted wounds which could have easily been avoided. So then, and, and Burr was texting me, did you make your flight? Because he, he had it in his... He said that I couldn't find my room the last night we partied and then he went to his room and I was just hysterical laughing. Hysterical laughing. <laughs> <laughs> in the elevator because I couldn't find... I mean, that's how it got. But we looked out for each other. It wasn't like anybody was going to get arrested. We just went a little too hard. So then we get to Toronto. And um, I was... You know, we're both at the festival. Now, Bill, I didn't know... Like, Bill's show was at the Sony Center. It's the big one, a little over 3,000. Beautiful room, like 3,200-seat room. So... um so so I was I'm just on the regular festival shows you know I'm doing my own like solo show at a few different venues for the week and stuff and um you know JFL has been great the JFL 42 here they picked 42 comedians to come here it's an honor to be here and and you know I didn't know I was gonna be working with Bill so Bill says hey I don't have an opener for my Sunday show I don't know if it overlaps with your show are you free and I go yeah I fly in Sunday and I had that night off and he goes well let's do it so it was two shows in front of 3200 people and it was fucking amazing it was absolutely amazing to um, to just do that room. It was so big. It was insane. We had such a good time. Um, 
Rachel Feinstein came out uh, to say what's up. And I went really light that night, like two glasses of wine and just chilled. Then the next night, uh, my, my show, my first solo show, a comedy bar, I did it, no drinking, went to the hotel. Last night I had two shows at the Garrison and the Comedy Bar. Shout out to everybody who came out. Uh, the Garrison was cool. Um, wasn't packed out, but still decent crowd. But then the Comedy Bar at 11 o'clock last night was one of the best. The crowd was amazing. You guys were so cool if you were there. Um, it was just insane to get. I got like a standing ovation at the end, and it was just. I was just one of those sets that was just amazing, and the whole thing was just a lot of fun. Did not drink. Got in the car service right after the set. Came back and slept like 11 hours. And now I have two more shows tonight and then I am done. But I'm really taking care of my body now because it was just too much. It was too much. The people here in Canada are so nice that I can't even explain to you. Here's how fucking nice they are. And I'm not joking. I said this on stage. I was walking past a cafe and I saw three people in their 20s. And as I walked by... I just see them leaning in towards each other. All three people are leaning in towards each other, right? And I'm like, are they singing? What are they doing? And I walk closer, and I'm just, I'm like walking off a hangover, and I just hear, it's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. And they were like just looking at each other like nodding there. It's like, do you know how happy you have to be? To bust into old school Green Day from 97 (laughs) while you're just eating at a cafe. Oh my God, these people are sweethearts out here. Just so laid back. The crowds are respectful. It's It's been a lot of fun. I'm trying to not do a lot of material from my album. And that was the hard thing out here. Like the one obstacle I'm running into out here. And it's working out and I'm figuring out ways to do it. But... My album dropped last Friday, so people are listening to that. And then I opened for Bill in a 3,200-seater twice. So that's like almost, you know, 6,500 people saw me, and I did all new material there, but yet my album is out, and now I'm doing my own solo show. So on the solo show, I'm trying to throw in as much new stuff so people don't see the same stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I can't fucking write a new hour in two days. So... Uh, that's the only thing that I'm running into out here, but uh, JFL does it right, man, just for laughs. I've been to, uh, to Montreal twice and now here in Toronto, and it is just um, such a well-run operation and how good they are to the artists and transporting you from gig to gig and making sure you have everything you need with the hotel and stuff. Got a couple of Cuban cigars while I've been out here. Going to smoke another one tonight. Just awesome, man. The fans of comedy out here rival the best fans in the world and I stand by that I mean I am not a big name in comedy I'm just trying to make my way up the ladder do the best I can and these fucking people know me I'm getting stopped on the fucking street these people like you know know about my album they are diehard Verzi effect listeners it's crazy out here man and they are just so into the art of comedy and comedy nerds and purists and it's really really cool so uh, and that's where we are right now that's where we are right now. So let's get to your uh, your unacceptables and then we will keep going. This is from Greg uh shit. Comporless? Greg Comporless. All right. Hey Paul, congrats on the album. Thank you, Greg. Um so I'm out on a date with this chick I met on uh I don't know what this is. Uh, P.O.F. That was my first mistake. We went to Bananas on 17 and Hasbrook Heights. Yes, I've been there. Date started out fine before the show. We got along and seemed to have a good report. So the show starts and this broad won't shut the hell up. I gave her the international shut the fuck up sign with the slash to the throat thing. (laughs) But she must not have gotten it. So at this point, I'm not making eye contact with her in hopes that she gets... Hold on a second. I'm sorry here. I got this fucking bright screen. And let me lower this shit. Dude, I'm going to... All right. Here we go. 
I gave her the international shut the fuck up sign with the slash to the throat thing, but she must not have gotten it. So at this point, I'm not making eye contact with her in hopes that she gets that this is the time to keep her pie hole shut, but to no avail. As she's sinking deeper and deeper into unacceptability, uh, so is my face into my hands because, God damn it, I'm not going to be the guy that brought the annoying bitch to the club. Eventually, the waitress came over and asked her to be quiet, which, by the way, should have happened more often, which should happen more often, so good for her. She finally shut up, and at the end of the show, I said, not trying to be a dick, but I don't fuck with women that have no etiquette. Then I gave her cab money and left. Wow, good for you, Greg. Disgraceful. Hashtag. Nobody came to hear you talk about your shitty startup business. Hashtag animal. Hashtag put her in a cage with a muzzle. Has, with a muzzle. Hashtag unacceptable. Good for you, Greg. Good for you. That is awesome. I'll never forget. That reminds me of a story. I was out on a date. I was out on a date with this chick. She was, uh, I don't know, her, fa- her, her family owned a business. I was probably 20 or 21 at the time. This is way before I got really serious uh, with pretty much anything. I had just started comedy. Yeah, I had just started comedy, so I was 21 at the time. And I went on a date. And it was like this entitled, oh man, this girl was really entitled and she was young and she had an annoying voice, Asian chick or whatever, and she was like, but Americanized Asian and she thought she was the shit because her parents, her parents owns shit and she worked at some mortgage or banker place and I remember her parents bought her a BMW and we were going to the movies and we were just in the movie, uh, we were going, we drove up to the mall and there was like this Mexican restaurant in the mall. Uh, and we're eating there, and this is before the movie, and, like, she was just being such a mean, rude, self-entitled, annoying cunt. And I'm sorry for the language, but that's the only thing that I that can be used to describe it. And she's just being, like, it was so bad, and then I would, like, talk to her about comedy, and she'd be like, oh, you think that's funny? Oh, this and that, oh, like that, 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 and, and, and Greg, your unacceptable reminds me of that, because I remember just looking at her being so disgusted, and nobody ever called her out on her shit, you could tell, nobody ever did anything, you know, like, I don't care that you're some fucking attractive, spoiled bitch, I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? And I remember just looking at her, and I go, you know what, I don't feel like going to the movies with you right now, just take me home. And she was kind of just stunned and shocked. And I go, just take me home. So we got in her fucking stupid BMW and she dropped me off to the house. And she's like, you really don't want... And I go, no, I'm sorry. Just have a good... And I just basically, in one thing, just fucking ended it right there because of what a jerk she was. And I remember getting out of the car, walking in, feeling so good about what I did. And she kind of just sat in the driveway for a couple minutes, stunned. And then she left because somebody was like, don't you ever fucking act like that again and think you, I'm going to fucking go to the movies with you, you fucking dope. Uh, so thank you for the uh, unacceptable. Woof, I feel good. I am on fire right now, folks. All right, here we go. This is from Maggie. And Maggie says, I like that name. Maggie says, Paul, new listener here. I am finishing up my degree And I live in a college town. Awesome and congratulations with that. I was doing my laundry at the laundromat and put in uh, and put it in my car to go home. I turned out of the parking lot and was sitting at a light. I noticed a spider a spider on my wheel. I have a huge fear of spiders. I was gonna say, how how have you fucking how are you just pulling out and notice there's a spider on the wheel? But since you said huge fear, that means you're looking out for it without yourself even knowing. See, you're welcome for the therapy uh, lesson right there. So you you were so afraid of spiders that everywhere you turn, you're looking for them. I have a huge fear of spiders and was bitten by a recluse when I was young. I don't know what that. I guess that's some sort. Of, I still have a scar on my leg. Scary shit. I immediately freak out and grabbed the closest thing to me, which was the cup from Wendy's. I wiped the cup along with the, along the wheel to try and get it out. Oh, you mean the fucking wheel on your wheel, not on your tire, on your wheel. I'm sorry, on your steering wheel. Gotcha. Okay, so it's in the thing. So you grab your Wendy's cup, 
uh, wipe along the wheel to try to get it out. Finally get it out. While trying to not scream and threw it out the window, I was so worried about the spider, I didn't think uh, how it would look. About four college kids were walking on the sidewalk near the light and started yelling at me. They kept screaming, you litter bug, stop littering and destroying the planet. Oh, fuck them and other hippie shit. I felt bad but was not picking up that spider in a cup. Luckily, the light turned green and I sped out of there. I littered and committed uh, an unacceptable. But it, uh, but I was embarrassed pretty badly, so karma got me. No, fuck that. Uh, and then what is this? From Jen in bumfuck Egypt, college town. No, you did, you did the right thing. You're scared, and fuck that. Stop destroying the planet. It's like, yeah, fuck them. You're you're deathly afraid of something that's on the cup. Somebody will pick it up. You get a pass on that one. Thank you for the submission, but you get a pass on that one. Okay, here we go. Wow, is this another? This is another Maggie. Oh, the other one was Jen, but this is Maggie uh, Haverfield. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul Verzi <laughs> from Not So Jersey. That's right. I am somewhat recent college grad trying to find a job since being laid off from my temp job. I work on the creative side of advertising and marketing. I recently applied uh, for a job that said they were looking for somebody with experience. I had a phone interview with HR that went well. She said nothing about my experience being an issue and talked about my skills. I got a second interview with the CEO since it is a small company. Though I thought it was weird that it wasn't with a marketing manager or creative director. Uh, I got up early, prepared, and went in for an 8 a.m. interview. As soon as I got there, he immediately said I was underqualified and I needed to leave. Then mumble under his breath that HR was wasting his time. Oh, fuck. But before I could leave, he proceeded to criticize my lack of experience and ask why I even applied. What? By the way, it said one to two years experience, not four... Uh, like he said, four to four. Okay. I usually say nothing to people when they are rude in an interview. I don't find a professional, but I told him that he should have posted for a marketing manager if they want somebody with that kind of experience. Then I walked out and drove home. Totally unacceptable and unprofessional. Am from Ohio. Uh, hope to see Bill Cleveland at the end of the month. Uh, this other interview next week. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Yes, I'll see you. Hopefully, I'll see you in Cleveland. But, yeah, that is ridiculous. And what he all he needed to say was, listen, I'm sorry. Um, I really apologize. HR made a mistake. And it's not your fault. Thank you for coming in. But I don't want to waste your time or mine because these guys messed up. I'm so sorry. My apologies. Best of luck to you. Then you would have been cool with it. Fine, everything is good. Instead, this guy was a dick. You got up early, wasted your fucking time. Absolutely unacceptable and unprofessional. Fuck that company. Okay, this is from Jesse Thomas. Hey, Paul, I went out for breakfast with my girlfriend on the weekend. The place was busy, so the staff were all stressed out, which makes sense. No problem at all. We waited about 10 minutes for a table, and then another 10 minutes before the waiter made it around to our table. Still not a problem. Actually, would have been a problem with me. 10 minutes with no drink, unacceptable. When he showed up to ask if we wanted coffee, a wild animal appeared. This old bag just walked up, stood right beside the waiter, and stared at him. He stopped saying whatever he was saying to us and turned towards this mouth-breathing beast. She says... I'm just letting you know we're ready to order over here and oh geez and goes and sits down are you shitting me is this your first visit to a restaurant walking across the entire establishment to say that when it is clearly busy and completely unacceptable you fucking you fucking wait or you leave I was going to tell the waiter to bring the <laughs> bring her the food in a dog dish but uh, I bit my tongue for my girlfriend's sake when I saw her cowboy boot-wearing, greasy ponytail-headed uh, husband back at the table, I felt like I was at the zoo. Appetite spoiled. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the drink part, like not having anybody come up to the table for 10 minutes, I don't like, but I can understand if it takes a little longer with the food if it's packed. Thank you for the submission, Jesse. Okay. couple more here, and that's it, guys. And then uh, we'll uh, continue moving. Let's see what time we have. Where are we at? 34 minutes. Perfect. All right. Here we go. This one is from Bob Lane. And Bob Lane says, This happened on a flight from London to San Diego. I was already dreading this 12-hour flight. And when we took our seats, there was a wife and there was a wife and husband with an 18-month-old baby. I have kids, so I'm sympathetic and know this is going to be a shit show, but I'm prepared earplugs, eye masks, alcohol, sleeping pills. After we board, the flight gets delayed two hours at the gate due to a malfunctioning windshield wiper. By the time we take off, this poor mom has already burned through all of her baby, uh, all of her baby on the plane distractions, iPads, stickers, coloring book, you name it. They are in. Oh man, that's when the panic button. That's not even the plane didn't even take off yet. Uh, They are in a bulkhead row that has a table that drops down uh, and interestingly the plane is giving them a bouncy thing to put the baby into sleep okay that's cool once we are airborne since we're delayed I know this is going to be brutal for the mom I waited till after the meal service before thinking of sleeping but also was not going to commit until that baby was down Sure enough, baby threw a shit fit when they tried to strap her down. (laughs) So mom picked her up uh, and did what you do in that situation to try to get a crying baby to sleep. After about 45 minutes, during the time which the poor husband and wife looked as though they hated each other, the baby chilled out. She gingerly placed her in the bouncer, strapped her in, and sighed in relief along with the rest of us. I popped... (laughs) Uh, popped the pill, put in plugs, dropped the mask, and settled in. I generally can't sleep on a plane no matter what, but I was really hoping to be able to sleep this long, uh, this long remaining uh, 10 hours. About 30 minutes later, we start to hit a little turbulence. The seatbelt sign went on, but it was mild and actually a little settling, uh, helping me fall asleep. I slowly begin to pull from the slumber. <laughs> Hold on a sec. I slowly begin pulling from my slumber by the second, uh, by the sound of stern, loud, talking gay English male flight, uh, just from the uh, context attendant. I tried to ignore it, but it seemed to be uh, escalating. I peel back my mask to discover they are trying to make the mom with the baby take it out of the bouncer thing and strap her to her, uh, and strap her on her lap. The mom is desperately pleading with them to let them leave the baby asleep, give it another 10 minutes to see if it uh, smooths out, but to no avail. This bloke with his lisp is not backing down. The lady is crying, Jesus. And now I'm steaming because the whole situation has now lit that fire in my stomach and I know that no matter what, I'm not sleeping. Uh, She relents, move the baby, uh, who wakes up and throws a shit fit before uh, crashing out again about 10 minutes later. The seatbelt sign also went off before the baby was done crying. It is unacceptable that this fucking flight attendant was so rude and loud and unflexible to this poor mom and all of those uh, in a a 10-row diameter. To my horror, I turned on the little seat TV that had the plane navigation on it with a little counter in the corner with the remaining flight time. Eight hours and 47 minutes to go. To make matters worse, the sleeping pill kicked in and I could hardly keep my eyes open. But the moment had passed and I couldn't fall asleep. Even though every time I tried to read, my eyes got too heavy to continue. Yet no sleep. Sorry for the length. Thanks for the thanks for the podcast. Well, uh, I don't know why they would make the baby come out of the bouncer if... Uh, 
you know, it was just a little bit of turbulence, not that bad, and uh, that's really fucking annoying and unacceptable. No worries about the length. Thank you. Okay, here's the last one, everybody. Uh, Oh, boy. Here we go. Hassan Odom says, unacceptable, putting a hit out in the Toyota Service Center. I'll try to keep it short, but I need to share this. I'm at Toyota Service Center getting my car serviced. I'm sitting in the lobby area near a woman who has wild-ass kids running around and yelling uh, coffee at the free coffee machine. This woman was pacing around on her phone, loudly talking to a friend. She went into detail about how this friend should have the cops escort her ex-boyfriend to the home to pick up his clothes. The entire time, you're hearing her say things like, Praise the Lord, God bless church going she she ends her call and makes another one to a guy named Khan yeah I even remember the name of these fucks and tell him that uh, hold on she she ends her call and makes another call to a guy named Khan I remember the names and tell him that his ex-boyfriend gets off at 3 p.m. And that he should go and f- and fuck him up. She rambles in detail about how much Quan should fuck him up. And before hanging up, she throws out another God bless. Fucking unacceptable. Loudly on your phone in public while making a hit like the fucking mob. Put that bitch in a cage. Sprinkle some holy water on her and plow her down with a Tommy gun. Peace, Paul. Jesus. I love that. You should go over there and fuck him up, okay? Well, God bless y'all. I love (laughs) y'all. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, everybody. Those are your unacceptables. I don't think I... Just with so much... With the album tweets and the tweets uh, over here at the festival and stuff, I don't know if I even have any um, tweets that I could get to that were unacceptables. I can look real quick, but I don't think so. Um... Yeah, I don't really see any. Let's see here. Do I have any? Nah. Nope. Oh, yes, I do. Blaine at underscore over there. At underscore over and then T-H-A-Y-E-R. This animal, this fucking animal in my class and its bare feet. Bare, somebody barefoot sitting down. That's pretty much the only one that I saw there. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. If you sent an unacceptable to the Twitter this week, it just got lost in, in too much. So resend it, and I will definitely be reading them next time for sure. Uh, it's just this has been a, a crazy, hectic week. And um, that's it. So... Thank you for the unacceptables. People were asking where they could send their unacceptables to. I will just double check if there's any more. But it is um, unacceptables for TVE at gmail at gmail.com. Okay. Then you send them over there and I'll read them. Again, please try to keep them a little shorter because I want to obviously get to everybody. Uh, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I did not see a movie. Uh, Burr and I were going to go see Black Mass in Texas and we decided to go drink the two times we were going to go see it. We were like, let's just have a couple of drinks and then go. And obviously we never made it to the movie. Uh, I wanted to see it. I'm hearing mixed things. I'm hearing people saying that they liked it and it was good. Other people saying it was too slow. Other people saying that they were from the area so it was spot on. I didn't know if you saw it, if you liked it, let me know. I'm definitely going to see it anyway because I love mob movies. I love Johnny Depp's acting. I think it's going to be good, so I'm going to see it. Don't spoil it and be a dick and say, don't this or that. Don't give me any spoilers. Just I want to I wanna go and see it, and I'm going to. Uh, and there's nothing you can do. All right. Sports, I literally was so tired from traveling and running around, I forgot the NFL happened. I even missed my picks. I don't even know who won. Uh, other than my Giants, though, that that's what I know. I know Odell Beckham Jr. was flying around that field. 
I know the Giants should be 3-0. and And fucking you do too, motherfuckers. You do too. I don't care what anybody says. The Giants should not be 1-2. and And I know all you Cowboy fans. Oh, speaking of that, one of the Cowboys came out to the show. One of the defensive linemen came out to the show. And he was actually a really nice guy and cool and telling me good show and shook my hand. And I go, man, why do you got to be nice? I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> and he laughed at it. And uh, Burr brought out some of the stars from the you know the NHL players coming out. But that's the worst when you meet meet a player from a team that you root against and they're fucking sweethearts. You're like, shit. Man, couldn't you just be a dick so I could root harder against you? But um, I think that uh, Eli and the Giants are going to be... I think Eli and the Giants are going to make a run at the playoffs. But I'm still sticking with... Did the, did the Colts win? I don't even know if the Colts won. I need to look at that while I talk. Because my Super Bowl picks, as you guys know, I have the Colts and I have the Packers in the Super Bowl. And uh, it's not looking good for the... I know that the um, the Packers are going to be... The Packers are amazing. Let's see. Have the Colts won a game yet or are they 0-3? The Colts are 1-2. So they won last week. Uh, who else? So the Colts are 1-2. and two, And who are they playing this week? Let's see. I'm telling you, Andrew Luck is going to win a Super Bowl soon. And I know I've said that to let, but he's, he's winning one. And I know that's actually an easy prediction to just say a great quarterback is going to eventually win one. So he does have to win one in the next couple of years. And I'm going to say he will. So they lost to the Bills, lost to the Jets, beat Tennessee, and now they're playing the 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 Jags at home. They're going to beat the Jags. They're going to beat yeah, they're going to be 2 and 2. They're going to beat the Jags. Let's see what's going on with Green Bay. Green Bay is 3 and 0, are they? Yes, they are. Green Bay is 3 and 0 and Aaron Rodgers is absolutely shitting on him right now. So I'm sticking with my picks, guys. Colts Packers, you guys know, only one year I haven't had, in all the years I've been doing this podcast, I usually get one team in the Super Bowl, a lot of t- a couple times I've had both, so let's see if dude I called it comes in this time, but who's fucking with Aaron Rodgers in the, in the, in the NFC, nobody, Kaepernick and the, uh, you know, 49ers are on the decline, the, the one wild card team is the Giants, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Giants fan. I said something today that I knew was going to piss people off. And listen, guys, I'm not even into baseball that much anymore, okay? I'm waiting for the Knicks to start playing. I'm not into baseball that much, but I am a Yankee fan. I used to be a diehard Yankee fan. I still root for the Yankees. Still want the Yankees to go to the playoffs. But I said, with all the shit talking, and the Mets are great. Listen, I'm not going to talk shit. The Mets are a great team. They've played amazing, consistent baseball all year. I know from fucking Jim Brewer's videos on uh, social media all the time, but I just know they have a good pitching staff. I know that they got good young players. I know they got good role players. The Mets are a really good team. But I said a fitting, fitting way to end this baseball season would be the Yankees and Mets in the World Series and the Yankees winning the World Series and celebrating on City Field the same way they celebrated at Shea in 2000 which I went to game one of that, and the Yankees won it in game five at Shea, and they were fucking cheering on Shea Stadium on the Mets field. I would love that to happen to City Field just because it would be so fitting because the Mets are the secondary team, and yes, they are, everybody. The Mets are the secondary team. Don't forget it. So um, that's I guess that's it with sports. Nothing really going on. Let's see what time we are at. We are at 48 minutes. Um, I've been eating some really good food out here. Um, Canada's food, you, I, I've, I'm on this, the, the diet is going really well. It's uh, two eggs in the morning, bacon and a little fruit or two eggs, maybe a little piece of sausage, fruit, no bread, no potatoes, no soda. And um, I, I'm just, I've been actually, even though the partying and the drinking has been going nuts on this, on this trip, the the eating I've been an angel we did I did Sonic once which made my stomach my stomach was just giving me the middle finger and then other than the Sonic debacle I'm trying to think what other nothing really I could like I've been away for 11 days but that's what I wanted to talk about real quick um I swear to God man and I'm not trying to sound sappy here but you guys want to talk about 
you know, comedians on the road and what it's like. And I love, you know, I love my job. Although you get sick of your act and you want to always come up with new stuff. Because like I said, I'm going through that thing where my album is out. And I know people are listening to it. So when they come and see me, I want to give them as much new stuff as I can. And I'm doing the best I can with that. But um, my job is great. I love what I do. I'm living my dream. And a lot of things that I wanted to have happen and things that I couldn't even imagine you know, doing things that I couldn't even imagine doing, you know, and this is going to sound really fucking just like sappy and corny and shit, but I don't care because I I just want to be real. It's like if you fucking work hard, man, and you are persistent, like dreams come true. And just the fact that my album is doing what it's doing and the fact that I am, you know, just traveling all over the place to doing what I love to do, man. It's uh, it's so fucking humbling and gratifying. You get impatient. You don't know what's ever going to happen with it. But if you just fucking work hard, man, it comes to you. If you work hard, it comes, you know. I mean, and you got to be fucking talented and all that shit. But um, I miss my fucking family so much right now. Like, I can't even, like, I'm here even on just another day and a half, two days, and I just miss them so fucking much, I can't even think about it, because I just want to get home to them. My wife, my kids, I can't wait to pick my fucking kids up and just hold them. I don't want to do shit for two days, but just fucking hold my kids and hang with my wife and shit at home. It's, um, that's the one part about this thing, man. It, it is, it, it's great, like, you go away for a week, the first four or five days, but even like seven days you could do, because it's like, all right, Daddy's not going to be home for a week, and then I'm, and then I'll, I'll be back. But once it gets to like fucking 8, 9, 10, 11 days, it's just like enough, man. Enough. I can't keep fucking... You're just giving yourself to straight like strangers all the time, and I just want to fucking be with my kids. So uh, that's kind of something that I've been going through, you know, out here. And... Um, you know, I know you guys are listening going, oh, fuck you. You do what you love to do and this and that. Yeah, you do what you love to do. It's not, it's just, it's fucking lonely sometimes, man. And like you do, you know, you hang with friends. Like I'm not one of those guys that are like, this is a lonely life and comedians, it's really sad. I'm not like that. This is a fucking great life. You hang with friends, you drink. It's not that, but it just after a while, you got to fucking set yourself up to be like, all right, look, man, I got to fucking get out of here. I got to work on this schedule and be fucking home, you know. And I think that's the difference when you have a family as opposed to just being a fucking comedian who has a one-bedroom apartment and doesn't have anything and just hooks up with girls and drinks, which I think is fucking way worse. I'd rather miss my family. And I'll say this fucking, you know, a hundred times in a row. I'd rather miss my family but know I'm going to one than to just be fucking lonely and miserable and hook up with girls and fucking drink and fucking sit in your apartment going, what am I doing with my life? And, and what the fuck am I, I don't have anything, so, um, when it, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, winning, and I've told, I've said this before on the podcast, and, uh, for you new listeners out there, and I know I have a lot of listeners that are, I have a lot of listeners that are, um, you know, comedians or younger comedians and stuff, but don't ever think you can't have a, like a, a real serious relationship or get married and have kids and it's gonna, like, hurt and ruin comedy, that's, that's a fucking bullshit excuse, man. That's somebody that's not hungry and doesn't want to fucking do anything to be like, oh, well, you know, I gotta, you gotta pay the bills. Yeah, so you get a job and you pay the bills and then you fucking go out there and you get better at stand-up until you don't have to fucking pay the bills with other money besides stand-up. That's what you do. They're, they're, that's how you get out of that. You don't fucking just go, yeah, well, I gotta, you know, gotta do this and then I'm tired. Hey, look, if you're fucking, if you have a job and you get home at five, six o'clock, and you're too tired to get up and, and do, you know, a set at 8, 9, 10 o'clock, then you don't, you're not fucking want it. And that's it. And that's how you know if you should be in the business. People always ask, how do I know? Like, sometimes I just don't. You know if you want because you have to do it. It goes back to listen to, to Michael Rappaport on Bill Burr's podcast. It's months ago. It might even be a year ago. But Rappaport said, he goes, I didn't come to L.A. saying I wanted to be in movies. He goes, I had to be in movies. Like, it was not, not going to happen. I had to come out here and act and be in movies. I had to, and that's why I did. And if you have that attitude, then that's it. All right, enough of this motivational speaking. Let's, um, 
let's talk about what should we talk about here? We have a few more minutes. I don't want to end it on this. I want to end it with what's coming up. And what's coming up is if you are in Chicago, if you are in Detroit, if you're in the Grand Rapids, if you're in Milwaukee, if you are in, uh, did I say Indianapolis? Yeah, I did. All of the Midwest, except, fuck, I know, I'm sorry, St. Louis. And you guys, let us know where to eat. By the way, shout out to Human Person. Human Person is somebody that's on my Facebook and Twitter, maybe. And they work in a bakery, and they had my podcast playing on in the in the Canadian bakery, and they were doing something from my album where I, d- I said that a dog with a muzzle is a bad dog because people, if you had to duct tape somebody's arms together so they wouldn't punch people in the face, and they actually did a video of it. So shout out to you guys. Thank you. Let me know where that bakery is because I'd love to come into the bakery and buy some baked goods and then probably hand them to a homeless person because I'm not eating that shit. But no, I would love to come in there and say hi to you guys and thank you. And I'm also going to be going to a um, a uh, West Indian place. I'm going to have some like Jamaican, like jerk chicken and all that stuff tomorrow. So I'll give you a review on that place. And that place is in uh, Toronto. The owners are really cool. So I'll be talking about that on the next one. But yeah, there's going to be also got dates in New York, got dates at Stand Up New York, uh, New York Comedy Club, The Stand. And uh, those were all those will all be on the um, on the website. So you could uh, check that out before uh, and then holy shit, I am gonna f- my birthday is coming up, man. It's freaking me out. Oh, gonna be 25 and I just can't fucking <laughs> I can't believe it. Where Where does the time go? America first. Every other place is worse. Rather be in a fucking hearse than to live in another country. And when we were singing the song, every time we were singing it, Burr would go, we'd go, America first. And Burr would go, every other place is the worst. I go, no, dude. It's every other place is worse. Uh, we would call strangers out drunk. And every time it would go to, I would just burst out laughing hysterically with fucking hearse. It's so ridiculous. And shout out to all you guys who made a country song about it. But try to get it in with... Uh, I like, I like, how's it go? I like, I like cowboy boots and ponytails. Uh, shooting critters with fuzzy tails. Standing in my tree stand all day long. She's been to Paris, he's been to Rome. You've been to London, but that ain't home to me. Dude, I could, first of all, I could fucking sing. Nah, not really, but... Country songs, I'm not trying to shit on you people who are country country people and you, you, you know, I'm not. But come on, man. It is fucking easy. I will freestyle right now. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. I have nothing written down. I will freestyle a country song verse right here in my hotel room right now. Okay? Right now. Okay? I'm sitting here on the 11th floor. I'm by myself. I just closed the door, staring at the phone, but nobody's gonna call. I'm waiting for my wife or somebody to text, somebody who, (laughs) all right, fine, it's not that fucking, but hold on, hold on, hold on, ready? I'm looking at my phone. For someone to call, someone to say, we love you, Paul, but we're listening to the Verzi effect. I loved your album, Not at the Stand. I like your Jordans, you're the man to me. Got two shows tonight, nothing tomorrow. Head to the airport, bye-bye sorrow. I'm going to see my family and eat me steak. <laughs> it's just, dude, I could fuck it. I know it's silly, but it's not hard. It's not hard. I could even do a different tempo. 
Hotel rooms are awesome, man. Everybody knows what's in my hand. It's ice cold beer, a box of ice. You know we like to dance all night. Fucking easy. I just, it's a freestyle. You like that cigar? He does too. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I am in a good mood. I have my last two shows tonight. Uh, Last night's shows went nuts. And uh, I'm doing some new material, so I'm in a good mood. The clock says 5.30. Wish it was 8. But either way, we staying up late in Tennessee. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to shit on country music, but I just kind of did. And no, hip-hop is not as easy. I know somebody's going, man, fuck that. Hip-hop, it'd be like, I got a gun and a fucking son. Gonna fucking run. Have me some fun. It's just, I'm talented and I could do it. <laughs> okay. That's it, everybody. I don't know what I'm doing. This has been the Verzi Effect. Episode 227. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys are the best. Thank you so much, everybody, who bought my album. If you're listening to this right now and you bought my album, just please come up to me at a show. I'd love to thank you personally. If you haven't bought my album, get on it, please, because I'm on my knees for you. Wait, that didn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> uh, get Night at the Stand is available on iTunes and Bandcamp. It's number one. In the States, it's number one in Canada. So please, guys, uh, pick that up. Thank you so much for making it number one. Guess what that means? The Verzi Effect listeners are number one, too, who bought it. Uh, get me, uh, check out my website for new dates, www.paulverzi.com. Tonight, I will be, this will be posted beforehand. So if you're in Canada, you could see this. Tonight at 8 o'clock, I will be at Yuck Yucks Comedy Club. And then 11 o'clock, I will be at the Comedy Bar Main Room. And I am headlining both. And then at midnight, I will be on the hilarious Mike Ward's podcast, talking with Mike Ari Shafir and myself. We'll be talking about um, freedom of speech and comedy. And you know it's going to get passionate, and you know it's going to be awesome. So um, you could check that out. That will also be that will be in the cabaret room at uh, the comedy bar here in Toronto. So you could check all that out. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Thank you so much, uh, Canada. Thank you, America. Obviously for buying the album in America, but now you Canadians are are getting it too. So it's great. Thank you. Uh, until episode uh, two twenty eight, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys soon.